Thanks, as always, for listening. In this episode, Chris and I discuss trying to use 2 die 20 for a supers game. And in this episode, we discuss those fundamentals that we think are essential in a superhero's setting. Uh, we start to pick at ideas for rules, and we're going to do a follow-up episode to this wherein we try to actually come up with rules that will work. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. So, have you, this is going to sound silly, but we always start off the episodes like this, have you done any gaming in the last three days, or four days? Uh, I played some board games on Monday night, uh, otherwise, no, although the weird thing is what I have done is because I've started playing a, a video game based on Vampire the Master Race, and then I've started reading lots of stuff about Vampire, um, so there's another non-220D20 episode, what version of Vampire would you play in this day and age, because there's like three which is confusing. You know, I could answer that question right now, but I'm not going to, because I actually think- You're just going to say a... none of the above. That's, that would be your answer, none. Okay. It, no, no, if you, if I, mm, I actually ran, uh, this was about, uh, about a year and a half ago, a little over a year and a half ago, I ran a, an intentionally limited vampire, not saying what the other two words are, so as to tip my hand, Vampire something something, uh, and I ran it for about two or three months, and um, so the answer isn't necessarily none of the above. It leans toward none of the above, but it isn't necessarily <laughs> none of the above. Jeremy's answer would be, "Well, I'd do it in two d twenty, obviously." Duh. I it, it's not the system. <clears throat> Actually, I'm happy with the system that I chose, um, but anyway. All right. So you, you, how about you? I'm guessing uh, you no, haven't done this. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, I'm continuing to read. I'm about one, about one third, almost one third the way through the unredacted Dracula. That's good. Dracula dossier. So I'm reading characters that aren't in the original and things that happened with the real characters that aren't in the original. But this is the unredacted version, so I want to become familiar with it for my my game. We're going to play again tomorrow night, and they are. The agents are going to not break into, but sneak into an NHS hematology research institute that used to be Dr. Seward's um, asylum. Okay. I don't know how familiar you are with the book, but. I'm not. It's just the fact that you've used the NHS. I was like, you even know what the NHS is? Yes, I do. Uh that's the, that was when, when you folks hosted the Olympics a decade ago, and they had the, the was it the, the closing ceremony, or was it the opening ceremonies? One of the two, that one of the gigantic the synchronized dance routines was a bunch of people running around with gurneys, like hospital <laughs> gurneys. And then they gave, like, this fake Winston Churchill guy, like, three seconds. I'm like, that dude helped save civilization. Yes, and we had an awful lot more for... For James Bond and a, like talking to the Queen, and he's not real. Yeah, I know. It was so strange. I'm like, where's the, where's the Spitfire? Damn it, you know. And you've got, that, <laughs> and then you just you give Winston like this token amount of time, and and then it's well, dancing of, beds in the pet shop, boys. People might not know who Winston Churchill was. 
There is a bust of Winston Churchill in my employer's office. Yeah, but that's you and your employer. Lots of people might not know who the short <laughs> fat man was. That's true. Whereas everyone knows James Bond is. Oh my <laughs> gosh, like the, the dire state of our culture. Uh, yeah. Call me maybe, but no one knows who the hell Winston Churchill was. Uh, <laughs> anyway, okay, okay. And here you and I have a show about made up crap. So, so <laughs> we should point fingers. Uh, okay, so to, to the meat of the show, you and I have kicked around all different kinds of ideas about mods uh, and hacks and whatnot for 2D20. And we know that the SRD is coming out sometime in the near-ish future, we hope. Woo-hoo. Fist pump in the air. Uh, and one of the things that I know you and I have talked about, we talked about it at length, we had an episode actually about genres that are really hard to model in tabletop role-playing games. And Supers was the one that we held up and waved around the most. So we're going to go ahead and give that a shot. How do how could you use 2D20 in some form to have a supers game? Um, and Chris, you I think you you've got a good idea. Instead of instead of us diving into picking mechanics and things like that, we should start a little bit farther back with what we like about supers games in terms of the types of activity did you mean like the kinds of things you do through the system or just like what you like about supers games in general yeah i was thinking more of a sort of things that we've play, well mechanical things that we've seen in other systems because okay in terms of a supers thing i kind of always assume most supers games are going to fall down to you know there's a bad guy with a plot and the good guys stop the plot and most of it there's a lot of beating people up because maybe there is you know it, it very much depends on the level you're going at. Yeah. Because, yes, you, you might have characters who are lower level and can do some investigation in their alter egos and then they can, you know, stop it. Or it could just be, you know, world odd big guy turns up with a machine and he's destroying things and you just have, you know, and it's huge amounts of combat. Um, so it always, you know, varies. And supers tends to go more towards combat than not. I mean, that's partly, you know, I grew up on you know kids superhero cartoons you know like spider-man and his amazing friends and stuff and funnily enough they had a lot of you know come like the, the 90s x-men series and stuff they were yeah they weren't all combat weren't all fighting but there's a lot of fighting because they were kids things yeah um and even in the film things now you know it's not like people are investigating things and finding things out invariably it's a lot of people talking and then someone finds out and then there's another fight scene so. and there's action yeah, so there's a lot yeah. of there should be a lot of action. So now it's my mostly thinking like, uh, like you know, superhero games that we've played that aren't two D twenty. Well, any technically any superhero game we've played isn't two D twenty, and things we liked from it. Actually, I like the way such and such game did that, and maybe that's something we should consider when doing right two D twenty supers game. Uh, now, to establish my like my supers background, um, like I've never played any version of a DC heroes game i remember in the 80s when um when uh what's it called dc heroes came out i remember that it was it was out but i never i never owned it never played it um i am i'd say moderately i'm familiar with the system behind uh the original marvel superheroes from tsr and have run it and have played it a little bit but it never never a ton i've played heroes unlimited from um palladium which is a really awful system 
Um, I had such a great character in that. I had the character who was basically Colossus plus Wolverine because he was made of metal and had claws. I was just like, that's why I always liked that system. That was yeah. great. What an awesome character. That was probably randomly rolled, but I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I quite um, like that system. And then I had played originally, the first Supers game I ever played was Villains and Vigilantes from Fantasy Games Unlimited ages ago and that was the, the the a curious thing about that was that it had you playing yourself that was the 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 default assumption is that you would create a super and your alter ego would be you but uh so and then i've played marvel super heroic the one from margaret weiss so i've got some different experiences with the mechanics but i think you're right there's got to be a lot of there, there. There has to be room for lots of fighting, and there has to be room for just lots of action, especially real Gonzo action, like, you know, thinking like Super Friends or Spider-Man and his amazing friends. You know, I'm I'm thinking, you know, like, you know, some someone comes by and steals a building full of people, or you know, just like over the top <laughs> kinds of action. You you have to be able to make room for that. Uh, and and what I'm thinking when I think supers is a default to a higher level of power, not something that's like tamped down, like, you know, teenage superheroes who are being angsty and just figuring out how to use their powers. I'm not thinking about that that level or, or that kind of like supers subgenre. So I just sounded like a dig <laughs> because there is a role playing game. That, oh, yeah, that, that's it. That's the only that's all you have, which is always the criticism leveled at it. Well, but I've I mean, but, it, so I yeah, I think that. it's a lot easier to model that. But um, so what what's something so we got that established. I think there has to be there's got to be uh, high action. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I started off with the first one I played must have been same as you Marvel superheroes back in the day. And then and Heroes Unlimited, those were the two I started with. And then that's it. I, I did actually use World of Darkness to run superheroes at one point which i found like super easy just like i just gave superpowers a stat from one to five and i think if you used it you probably rolled those five and it was like this is easy that's why i was always it's completely off top now i was always amazed when they did like the new world of darkness and removed half the roles because it was too complicated and i was like i hacked this into something else this was easy to play um i actually didn't realize there was like a, a that system you know storyteller superheroes game aberrant because i just never came across it when it when it came out i think that it came out when i wasn't role playing i'd like that big period between sort of uni and sort of for 10 years after that that i didn't do anything so anything that came out in that period i just missed um and then when i got back into role playing again like you i, I missed the d i'd missed the original dc heroes i played a load of mutants well, i didn't play a load of i got into mutants and mastermind probably around second and you know it was second edition and I quite enjoyed that because you could make the characters you wanted and loads of people were ever doing it. I never was super keen on the system. I found it really dull that all you ever did was roll a D20 and you had nothing else. And I didn't really like the way damage worked in that. Um, I understood why it was a good idea. Mm -hmm. Like the toughness thing is it's a clever idea, but it also feels a bit just yeah, sometimes. Um, go you know, actually, I, I forget. I, I had I, I owned a couple of Mutants and Masterminds first edition books way back when <clears throat> and um i i don't know i think i i ran it for a very short period of time but just for me finding anybody who was interested in playing supers has always been like squeezing blood from a stone i've just not 
the by, by my whatever i mean however i've subconsciously selected gaming friends they have been largely disinterested in in playing anything super so i have a little bit of experience with that and i thought that didn't they have like a power level like was it like one to 20 were you yeah so i mean it has changed a lot over time okay. essentially they they took the idea of levels but instead of the idea of levels being you start at level one you go to level 20. the idea of levels was like right level 10 is your base and if you're level 10 then this sets a bunch of like maximums you can have on certain stats and how many points you get so you can build like a level a power level 10 superman um he's just not you know, he can do a bunch of different stuff he just does, is not you can make a power level 15 superman and i think in the because obviously when third edition mutant masterminds came out at which point it was quite a different beast you know it started off as a d20 game and it still is a d20 game but a lot of the names and everything's changed okay. and it's tweaked a lot and it's very much its own beast now but when they released mutant mastermind third they also released a new version of was it dc adventures yeah dc adventures um which was cool because then they released all these books with like you know stats for all of the dc things um but i never actually played it what i did do with that is i converted that into marvel heroic and that's how my blog started yeah. was as a as literally a marvel heroic blog writing up loads and loads of and mostly i was doing conversions i literally i i would pick a character out of dc adventures and i'd written down these conversion notes for how i could take a character so essentially from mutant masterminds third and how i could turn that into marvel heroic and i found it super easy to do um the marvel heroic i quite enjoyed but it was it was a game that clearly was designed for short-term play it was much better to use like existing characters mm -hmm. and play it through a story because that's what it was designed for and it works really well for that um I, don't, I was never convinced it would work well on a full campaign but i think it was cool for sort of running through an, a story that's happened and like kind of a what if thing um and then since then it's been lots of little bit you know like i've i bought icons and played a few sessions of it and like recently i've got sentinels which i have issues with and uh prowlers and paragons which yeah. i've got a couple of books for which is which it's it, you know it's it's pretty cool it's okay um doesn't sort of blow me out of mind uh and then recently i've like i've put a lot of time into doing stuff for marvel multiverse but i haven't actually i've played it by myself just running encounters um because it's so horribly flawed <laughs> um I, in a year that might come out and be this amazing wonderful superheroes role-playing game or they might do nothing to it and it'll be terrible uh so but it's funny what you're saying about power level because the the batman game which is kind of the quick start dropped in the last yeah. week and is kickstarting or maybe not now by the time this comes out um it is just designed at batman level play so you can have characters with superpowers in it but they kind of say look it doesn't go much beyond the kind of superhero you might see in a batman thing it's, you know like your clay face or mr freeze or something we're not going you know there's no flashes or green lanterns in that game it's it's relatively low key which is again like straight away you're putting a ceiling on that game yeah. so it's kind of you know that basically is street level um i'm like you know the, my, my main touchstones would be x-men like going further back or it's sort of going into the films now because the films even with thor and hulk in thor and hulk were like they were pretty powerful and strong but they still had limits and then they threw captain marvel in and sort of limits just went out of the window because she's stupidly overpowered in the films um which to be fair she can be that overpowered in the comics but they probably weren't being too clever when they made her that powerful in the films because then it's sort of you kind of have what why i the main reason i don't like superman when you've got a character that is that powerful what's the what's the point of everybody right. else you, just, you know there is no point to these other characters when superman or flash for the same thing can just do everything it's like i'd be watching green arrow and thinking 
this is stupid. Like, why doesn't Ollie just ring like Barry? Barry, uh, can you? Barry just like turns up, defeats all of the bad guys, and then run back to Central City. No one in Central City even noticed he's left, and and Green Arrow solved the problem. It's just like this is dumb. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not big on that. I, I. How's this? For the sake of this exercise, let's take X Men ish as yeah. as like your that's your normal yeah maybe there's some maybe there are some supers who are above them in power uh maybe there are some that are below but but that's like that's that range of what we yeah. saw in the like the original x-men movies and the cartoons and the comic yeah. books that's what we're talking about well, i think that, that still gives us a good range yeah, even with x-men you've got you know jubilee who <laughs> throws has sparkly fingers and then you've got phoenix who's you know but yeah you know, that's yeah that gives us the, a, the good thing i always felt about that and particularly for a game, is always at the point where, and you can see this in game terms, always at the point where Jean Grey becomes Phoenix and then turns into Dark Phoenix. She stops being a PC and she becomes an NPC. Totally. And so the kind of thing with that is your rules don't have to cope with her being a PC. You have a top city, right? This is how big a hero goes. And beyond that, same with like a Hulk thing. At the point Hulk's going into sort of World War Hulk, he's going to fight all the Avengers and take over the world. He's no longer a PC. You can an NPC. Right. One of the you know one of the beauties of D and D is actually here's how PCs are made, and NPCs are made differently, which means you know your PC does not have to be as powerful as a um, what's the big the Tarask. There you go. You can't make a PC Tarask, but you can in as an NPC. Same thing with supers. You don't need your PCs to go to this crazy crazy level. You can have a ceiling, and then you can cope with NPCs. You know, like right. 2D20 does. 2D20 copes with NPCs uh, usually in a different way. So there's nothing stopping us going, yeah, like you said, X-Men kind of, you know, works as a reasonable level. And beyond that, that's probably an NPC anyway. So, Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so we've got, we've got two things, well, three things decided. Two things rather and, and an example to help illuminate those. So we've got, there's got to be a lot of fighting and, and, and lots of action. And X-Men is our example to, to make sense of that. Um, what, uh, what else? Is there something else? Because what I'm thinking in the back of my mind is what Nathan said to us a few weeks ago about when they sit down to tailor the system to a given property, he said he first thinks, who are the characters and what do they do? So our characters, who are they? They are X-Men-like in power, and they... Well, this is funny. When you first started, you know, 10 minutes ago, we were talking, you know, what are supers, basically? You need a bad guy. A bad guy has a, has a scheme to commit a caper or do something <laughs> like that. And then the supers react. Yeah. Which is fascinating because it, it puts superheroes and superhero teams always in the reactive standpoint. They're not like seeking out the bad guys and eliminating them in advance, like, you know, that like, something like that. They're reacting, but that's 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 beside the point. It's just no, but I mean, you actually that. do make a good point that supers is very different to most other role playing games because even I, I find most role playing games either break down into a sort of a mission based or a quest based. You know, yes, there's someone to give whether it's Shadow Run and you're meeting Agent Smith or whatever they're called, and they give you a mission, or you you work for a spy organization and then you're like acting Cthulhu as well, where you're your upper people they give you a mission to do or it's D and there's a, you know there's a quest on the notice board or the old wizard comes into the pub that you know most a lot of games are quest based but you're right superheroes yeah. are almost never quest based they're almost always um they're almost always reactive 
There's, yeah. you know, the bad guys have a plot. And this, again, I say the same as a lot of action here, right? A lot of action things are like that. There's a bad guy has a plot. The good guy discover there's a plot and the good guys solve the plot. Now, if when you're doing that in a, like a campaign thing, it might be that there's an underlying plot and then there's a big bad guy that was doing things all along and you didn't know, and maybe you're finding those out. And then, you know, your, your end of your season or the end of the arc, the bad guy has a plot thing, but on a, on a small term to term thing, there's going to be, you know, someone stealing an item or, but it's like I said, it's almost always reactive. Yeah. And, and very little question. I'm not, I'm not trying to be snarky, but I think that this is traditionally, there is a, uh, there is an avoidance of the question of who pays the bills. <laughs> you know, honestly, like the whole, you know, when you look back in the super friends cartoon from like 40 some years ago, like who's paying the mortgage on the hall of justice. <laughs> I just, you know, when you watch Spider-Man, you know what I, I mean? just watched a YouTube video uh, where it was uh, some of the, like a joke one. Was their insurance it was company? The, uh, it was the Avengers asking Tony, why don't they get paid? And Tony goes off on this massive five-minute rant, telling them all how much everything that they do costs him. And he's having to bankroll them all, and he's actually bankrupt. And then they leave, and he's like, I'm a billionaire. I can afford this easily. It's not an issue. <laughs> it's really good. Well, but yeah, it's a good, it's a good but, point. Who does? So that that never gets brought up and that's okay. I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, this is all fiction and if you want to establish a lane in which a given genre of fiction is going to operate and you want to say these these are not considerations. You know, these are not considerations. That's fine. If that's just that's what's baked into the the lane of of this. Um is there anything beyond what we've said already that that we want the characters we've already kind of said what they're going to be like. They're going to be comparable to the X-Men-ish in terms of the level of power, potential influence and reach. Um, what will they do? Well, they're going to react to bad guys because that's the main trope, and maybe you expand upon it, but that's like your most reliable basic. Is there anything else that we want to say are must-haves? Because remember when we, when we did our Mods and Hacks uh, episode, one of the things we talked about is you established, like what, what are the must-haves for a given genre or setting we've got a few of them is there anything else that we, yeah, we it, need it's not to a include? must have but it's something to consider it's whether things like alter egos are important or not because there is a big difference between okay. you know so spider-man's alter ego is always a big deal because it kind of answers your previous question he had to go and have a he had to have a day job because he had to keep, keep him you know he had right. to pay his rent but also he had to be able to afford you know well web fluid and stuff because he had to make that stuff um so some characters you know their day job is important you know like superman still had to pay rent and but his his day job was useful because his day job helped him investigate you know the bad guy schemes. So it was his day job was always useful. But then, like you said, like the X Men, well, the X Men's day job were well, they were either students or they were teachers at the school. Where did they get their money from? Well, Professor X had apparently infinite source of money, uh, which he used to fund them. And then the Avengers were like you know variously funded by shady people in the background who always ended up turning out to be bad guys famous the justice league they would be funded by like a government agency or someone rich or i mean the reality was like the guys who were really good at technology just came up with a patent on some device that they just lived off that forever you know or they funded put money in bitcoin or whatever um we're just not going to worry about that too much though exactly the money thing i think our, let me say this our about... alter ego is going to be important yes because that's the thing or it's an option in the game anyway. I think it should be an option. I think that the that as an alter egos as a trope in supers is uh is important and a lot of people really like that. And I think there's also a lot of potential for interesting stories 
if you have alter egos as a as a thing. So I think that that should be an option um, that you know everyone knows. Well, take that back. Uh, I was thinking through supers where we have like a mix. I don't really care. Yeah, I, I think it should be an option. Yeah, because I think you know so, for some characters it is really important, and for other characters it's. It's not, I mean, like Spider-Man's whole thing is, you know, they're like, oh, if people find out his, his secret identity or blah, blah, blah. Right. And then it's like, it's like, you know, like everyone in the superhero community knows his identity kind of thing. So it's. Okay. So we've, we've got some like broad brushstrokes of story necessities or story points that, that we want to include in the, you know, the, the background, the backdrop story. Um, what would be the next layer down? My thought would be what kinds of things have to be expressed mechanically? Not necessarily what mechanics we would use to do it, but what are things in more detail sitting under those, under what we just said, what things do we need to express through the mechanics at the table? So off the top of my head, there's two straight away. I mean, the standard stuff in role-playing games you know, how you do stuff needs to be in there, but that's kind of semi already covered. Um, the main, and I, it is two the things. I have. One is powers, obviously, and this is where straight away, this is why 2D20 is not ideal because you know, one really has power, you know, magic is close. Um, and then two things that go along kind of with powers is gear. And Good the reason point. gear is an issue is that you have, and this is where you have this kind of like, are they separate things or are they the same? And depending on how you do it, you end up with real problems. So because some characters, everything they have is gear. Like Iron Man's a good People say like Batman, but it's like, no, Batman's training. Batman does have gear, but his gear is Right, but Iron Man's Batman's all, all about the skills. Or all, I, all Iron gear. Man, it's like, Iron Man's all, it's all gear. If you take a suit away, okay, he's still clever, um, but he's not like super good at martial arts or something. And it's not like a rocket, the raccoon thing who he puts his hands into a box and he pulls out a giant gun that he just right. built because he's like this like inventive genie. You know, Iron Man will be able to build you a suit of armor if left in a room with a bunch of technology for a couple of days. He's not doing that in like five minutes. Whereas, I mean, maybe he is, but yeah, um, so you know, that, the, that's the guy a has a, a, a suit, but then that's, that's gear. But then what happens when you have a character like the Punisher who he just does stuff you can buy in a shop? I mean, not in my country, but, but in your but country, has, you know, the Punisher just... But he has training. I mean, so... But he actually, has training. Well, so you've, I think you've actually got three things then. You have yes. powers, which are super. They are not yes. supernatural. Yeah, superpowers. Term, huh? Yeah. Superpowers. Yeah, yeah, they're superpowers. We all know what those are. So you have to have, you have to account for those. You have to account for gear. You're absolutely right. And gear could be of the mundane sort like that which you can buy in a store or super gear. How do you deal yeah. with that? And the other thing then I think has got to be, um, call it training, call it skills. Yeah. Like you, you have to have a way to compare apples to apples for different kinds. Because let's face it, you know, that, that, that's another one of the tropes of supers is super training. You know, you don't get, you don't have superheroes have who are like super strong and super fast and super incompetent with hand-to-hand -hand combat. Like they all do cool, like whatever's cool for wire foo in movies, that's what all superheroes are able to do. <laughs> like they all can do these things. And then, you know, the, if this, the style that people are interested in seeing changes or whatever, well, then the, what they do changes. But you never have like a slap fight between two supers. No. 
So there's got to be like the high level training and expertise. Uh, yeah. We have to be able to make sense of that. Like what's his face? Reed Richards. You know, Mr. Yes. Fantastic is a scientific genius. You have to be able to account for that and his stretchiness. And I think that's where it's, it's awkward. So you have like, because although I'm not, I'm not as super obsessed with balance as some other people are. A lot of people Neither are like, am I. You, know, you know, PCs have to be balanced and you kind of like, uh, well, I'm not convinced because like, you know, you watch programs and almost there's no, I mean, the, the classic example, the, the one game I've seen, which really just said, we're not going to bother with balance, um, was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. The game just went, there's one Slayer or there's probably, a, you know, if you want to slay this Slayer gets this, but everybody else gets this other cool thing, which is essentially like for terms of 2D20, um, you know, every other character that wasn't Buffy gets like extra, extra fortune points. Um, so it makes they're lucky. Yeah, it Which, doesn't. And then they can you, still. I think it's. I think it's perfectly fine and probably good design, to. To provide different kinds of levers, for different yes. characters, and and that but you that does that doesn't necessarily mean that all of them have to be able to mechanically apply the same amount of leverage with those levers. Yeah, and I think so. I mean, it would, we'd be already dipping into a character creation type thing there, but. You know, so I think when it comes to thinking about characters, most 2D20, you've got kind of a life point or a you know, life path type thing, mm -hmm. or they've got these certain things. But some of them do have archetypes, and archetypes is one way you do this. Because you go, right, you've either got, you know, you have, you have a couple of different powered archetypes, and you have a, like a trained archetype, and you have like a, a, some different gear or genius type archetypes. And then depending on which archetype you pick, that can you can kind of solve things that way because a lot of games say you know savage worlds mutant masterminds power and paragons just gives you a ton of points and then kind of says everything's points yeah and the problem you have there straight away is well if they if the points are wrong then the characters aren't balanced you know so they're trying to give you balance but then the, the balance is is baked in but you know you can get around that by going well we're going to use archetypes instead but that's kind of moving further ahead um but i think that's a really key thing you have to be able to have different characters in the same thing and they don't have to necessarily you know certain games will try and make batman and superman like a similar power mm -hmm. level or so they can coexist but the reality is it's like we only you know superman would always beat batman except batman will cheat yeah because that's that's batman he will always have a plan which means batman will actually always win but in a general you know in a general thing we all know superman would win the you know, the idea is they shouldn't be fighting yeah. together or superman needs to be like saving a collapse in building while batman is fighting two punks on the I mean, justice league doesn't make any sense <laughs> really so i part of the reason i prefer marvel but even then you know if you when you have captain marvel and thor turn up in the avengers a bit like eh, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah so just like you're a bit too over the top here, but so is yeah so any, that's something we need to consider is there anything else at this at this layer you've got we we have to account for powers we have to account for gear we have to account for exceptional training and, and ability within the characters. Kind of, I mean, semi-related to that is you have characters who can do magic, but magic's just like a particular kind of superpower. Yeah, that's that's or how kind I of think training. it makes more sense it's, in this it, type it, of know, setting. It's a, it's a subsystem. You can decide at some point how it works. And actually, these is where we've kind of already mentioned it. You have an archetype for wizard, and the wizard gets to have wizard stuff. Um, but yeah, that's the, you know, the big thing that's different from 2D20 and everything else we've done so far 
or everything else we looked at is, is the superpowers. Uh, and actually sort of linked to that is also characters who act, and this is why one of the reasons why it might have to kill a sacred cow, is that attributes as we know and love them in almost every single 2D20 version we've seen possibly don't work. Because if we take almost every kind of 2D20 thing we can think of, there's probably like, let's say there's a brawn stat and the brawn is how strong and beefy you are. Um, and if you hit someone, you do extra damage because you have a high brawn. Well, in all our 2D20 systems, you know, brawn is a stat, but it covers people that are weak to people that are, you know, maybe slightly stronger than human. If we go into say something like infinity, where you might have someone who's got like genetically engineered to right. be like stronger, but in supers, you're now dealing with people that can, you know, pick lift up a building, a, lift a building, you know, in a way. Okay. So th this is, I think this is a, a this is one of the the logical several next steps. So I think talking about attributes, I think that makes sense right now because you stepped in it, so not, and I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, I, that's a really good point. I remember in like all the Palladium systems that had vehicles or things like that, uh, they had regular SDC structural structural damage capacity, and then they had mega damage capacity. So they tried to treat, they tried to find a way to translate between the individual and like the the large. You know, like a are you are you shooting a pistol at a person or are you shooting a pistol at an airplane? You know, how do you account for that that difference? And that's a really good point because having stats. Having stats that are, say, your typical two die twenty that go up to like say twelve. How do you account? Like, where do you put your average? If your average person is like a six or a seven, where do you put? Where do you put Wolverine there? Hmm. It's tough because you know you you have some super settings where characters they have a super ability, but that doesn't necessarily mean all of their definable traits are super. You know, I don't think Peter Parker is a genius. No, he's clever, but he's not. He's clever, but he's not like, he's not Reed Richards in yes. terms of like level of intelligence. But he also, but he has these superpower. I don't, I wonder if, and I'm just spinning this yarn as I'm saying it. I wonder if you could have some kind of like a modification class. Like you have, let's say, let's say typical six stats, six or seven stats. You have your typical types of things that we see in RPGs that measure different kinds of medical, physical, or not medical, mental, physical, and emotional um, traits. You got that. Maybe then there is a, like a qualifier or some kind of modifier that you would treat that number differently if that, if, if the, if that character had a like super ability that applied to that or enhanced that specifically, like the Hulk, when he's Bruce Banner, you just treat it as like, oh, he has a he has a brawn if that's the stat to be used of eight. He's like you know a, a fit average guy, but that eight something happens to it when he becomes the Hulk, and then and, and conversely, actually, something would like if you had reason, and he was like he was like a, maybe a ten or eleven. This is a really smart guy, but but as a function of or a result of his Hulk power, then his reason like gets cut in half or something like that for like the traditional Hulk. I don't know. I mean, um, you've, you've kind of come up with another thing that the rules have to handle there, which is people that actually transform. And there's not huge amounts of them, but there's enough that you know Hulk. Like your Hulk is a perfect example that you need a thing that you know is. Is Hulk the super character that you stat Hulk and then you have a 
like a downside limitation or whatever that you can turn back into Banner or is Banner the character who has like Hulk is a power or is it two characters and you have to stat both yeah. of them? And, yeah, and that's you know, there are other people that have to, you know, transform as it were when they, you know, go into their yeah. know, powered form. Like there, they, they, there'd have to be, you'd have to have some kind of way to, to determine, you know, is that just an expression of a power or is that effectively a whole nother character? Yeah. A good point. Um, but so back to the but the stats thing how do you what do you you think about that like how would you take a i mean you wouldn't there's mechanically there's no way to say well uh we're just going to give wolverine a strength of 17 and he also you know what i mean you you, i'd be i have a thought but i hate the thought (laughs) (laughs) well see then i trust you with it i i like i I like I like games which are, you know, skill plus stat. Yeah, skill too. plus stat is my my happy place because I know what, where I'm at. But supers doesn't do skill plus stat. It it doesn't work properly. It it can in certain things, um, but to use like the recent one, like Marvel Multiverse, it it doesn't work using skill plus stat because you have, you know, they're all on the same scale, and your scale is going from super normal human to like create, you know, to Thor. Or hot talk, yeah. or you know, the yeah. How do you how do you thin slice the increments so it to, make, to make that make you know, sense? Either you have, either you end up with a situation where everyone who is human level is basically has the same stats, or the it goes wrong very quickly because it's on a linear scale. So you can't that yeah. doesn't work very well. Um, you have the more narrative thing like icons or something where again it's still on a linear scale, but you do just kind of go, yeah, well, we just you know whatever. It's our values go from one to ten. That's what we're dealing with. That that's fine, um, or uh, you kind of you know like Marvel Heroic, which just went like everything's a dice. So yeah. basically, if, if and you only have things that are super, so if you don't have super strength or super agility, essentially that you didn't have attributes. There were no attributes at all in Marvel Heroic for for your. You didn't roll skill plus stat. You rolled, you know, you rolled distinctions and you rolled your weird. Uh, what was it? Your team thing. Yeah. So, so, the, the so other what way, do you what do you what do you so think? There are two games that have already done it, and one of them I properly hate, and one I don't I don't like, but I'd hate as much. One of them is you have to use values or drives, which June has, because yeah. then it doesn't matter. So you have your kind of like so to, to do the June ones, you have you know duty, faith, justice, power, truth, and this is what Smallville did back in the day. Smallville when that came out, that had that had drives or value had values, but the same thing. Um, and that's one way around it. So then what matters when you're rolling dice isn't how good you are. Well, because you, you have skills to deal with how good you are. Um, when you rolled things, you would roll for why you are doing it. Yeah. Which straight away, it doesn't matter whether Hulk is stronger or Thor is stronger or Wolverine is stronger. It matters uh, why they're doing it. Now, Which I, I think I think the rationale behind that is it's supposed to it's supposed to really drive the players to play their character within the story. Like why why are you making this decision or why why does that person, your relationship with that person drive you to these ends, whereas with these other people it does not. I yeah. think it, it that th- there's a there's a good reason behind that. But yeah. okay, go um, on. But I don't I don't like that for the very simple reason that if we if we stick to the June ones, um, your character the D no not D less when it was Cortex because it just makes it easier. I could do the same thing two D twenty, but when it was Cortex, um, 
you would always just roll your if your duty dice was your best dice you would always roll duty and you'd always you're super you can always do that that's my duty um you're always going to find an excuse to find your highest yeah your, your and highest prize if, it, if it's justice you Relevant. can always roll especially if you are a superhero you can always roll justice like all my the exception would be like you're breaking into something well you can't roll justice there but that's fine because Batman's breaking into it and Batman's using, you know, he's probably also using justice, but it's Batman. So he has 12 and everything, um, you know, so it, it doesn't, so it doesn't, and it'd be the same in 2d 20. So if you had a, you know, a rating of what do they go from there? So they go up to like, let's say they both went up to eight and you'd have the two or this goes up to eight and the other one score between one and five, like a skills type thing. Um, so then you have an issue straight away. So the other thing is you do what dishonored has and you have styles which is how you do things. So again, it's not how it's so it's not how good you are. How was your raw capability? It's how do you favor things? So styles has boldly, carefully, cleverly, forcefully, quietly, swiftly. Now, again, that you can see how that can work in supers and you can't always do the same thing. You can a lot like a Hulk can just always be used in forcefully, but then that's kind of like that. That's your outlier. So I don't mind that too much. But if you're Batman, you can kind of see, I oh, know Batman is sometimes going to be bold and sometimes he's going to be careful and sometimes he's going to be clever and sometimes he will be forceful and sometimes it'll be quiet and other times it'll be swift. And you're like, huh. That, well, you know, and if you're, let's say we Wolverine was the other example. Yeah, Wolverine, hey, Wolverine will be good at being bold. Wolverine care, sometimes will have to be careful and his careful will be garbage. And he's not clever. So if he's thinking of stuff, he'll be bad at that. Um, and his forceful will be good. And he's no good at quiet, but he probably is good at swift. So you think, yeah, maybe th if I was going to do it, um, I, I think that's the, as the, of the, those two options. I have a third option, but of those two options, I think that's the better one because I don't think you can always just use your best stat. I think the situation you are in dictates which stat you're using. You know, in, in a way that I was thinking about this um, not long ago in regards to, to Dishonored, the, the, the way that you could you could make better sense, I think, of those um, styles as a GM by establishing a truth for a given scene that, that would make certain styles more effective and other ones less effective. Yes. Like you say, listen, okay, so you folks are, you're doing a, like a reconnaissance of the 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 big bad evil guy's um uh his, his hidden fortress that's that you found and you're sneaking around it well obviously someone you know you're gonna have a character well i'm gonna do it boldly or i'm gonna do it you know forcefully or like well you know that doesn't really per the description or our group understanding of what those things mean that doesn't really fit this you can try it but your difficulty is going to be higher yeah than someone you know so that you, you could well that works great i think because that you that gives you a, like a really good thing there of saying right the, the difficulty is two but because you're it's a stealth scene anyone that is going to be bold or forceful your difficulty is three but actually if exactly. you are going to be quiet or careful your difficulty is only one and right. it's, it's baked into the rules already because like you said it's the truth thing and the truth is you know things can be easier because of your truth or harder because of the truth yep. so then that so again it works well um, so I think, okay, that, that can, now, what would you combine that with? Well, I'll come back to that. Cause like, okay, we, we know we want two things with the exception of the John we Carter, we want two things and we are just calling them things at the moment. Um, cause mostly they are attribute and skill, but here we're already, you know, we've covered two examples here. It's not attribute. The third option is actually, you do still use attributes, but you kind of just change where your scale is. So 
like you can have character go with this. You know, your human level would be right. Human is like four, five, six, and then superhuman is seven, eight, nine, and or you know the low superhuman seven, eight, nine, and you have mid superhuman blah blah blah, and then and you do it that way. You and you then accept that a lot of characters are going to just have crap stats. The trouble with that is is that you are then going to have a lot of characters because if you've got characters that are not superhuman and your basic stats are only four, five, and six, even the most skilled character in the game, so even your, you know, Batman's going to have, he's going to have sixes across the board because he's going to be max superhuman, uh, sorry, max human, and he's not superhuman at anything. But then the most he can have on his skills is five. He's only ever rolling against an 11. So then straight away you can see the press but that's what you you know you could tweak the the things but that's one way of doing it just kind of saying right well this is the attributes go from here to here and this is human and supers can go into into this okay that's a that's one way of dealing with it um and you know and also the you're it sounds to me like you're thinking about the what is in i believe all but one instance in the, the modifius 2d20 world is that the attribute is higher, the max attribute is higher than the max skill or discipline yeah. or whatever. And there's a reason for that, which is the focuses, because right. you need one of the things to be one to five for the other thing right. to be not one but to the, five. But Dishonored doesn't do that. No, it doesn't. So those things are equal. Yeah. And so that that could be a way to to get around that. I like the idea of... Um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a very... It's two totally different ways. I mean, I just yeah. June one, I would just throw straight out because I've, I've suggested it, but I hate it. I utterly hate it. Um, the Dishonored Styles thing, I actually think works really well. But the thing that always bugs me is it, well, it, it tells you how your character acts and it tells you what they're like. What it doesn't tell you is what they are good at. Yeah. Um, but then that's kind of like, does it matter? Because actually, if you want to have power, like, so if the important thing is that character is really strong, super strength is a power. And so then you simply have a thing under their super strength power that basically says, if you do something which is reliant on your super strength, you know, you get, you, you get an extra dice or you automatically get one success or, you know, whatever. There are ways of counting for that. Because really, when you think of like super abilities, you've mostly only got super strength, which is you are, you're stronger. So when you hit someone, it needs to do more damage. And if you're lifting things, you need to do it more successfully. Well, that's fine because you can just rule that under super strength. You need to be super clever, which again, you can just, your character would have a high clever, but then on top of that, you would give yourself successes on anything to do with clever. Um, and then you might have sort of super agility or super senses. And a lot of these are kind of things you can easily say, right, well, they don't need to be stats because if a character is a super version of it, they should either get that's the power dice. takes the place of some oh wow and you know what that so you don't need so, an attribute anymore because you don't you, so because and, yeah and like, here, it, sorry go on no as i say that there are a couple of games two that come to mind that don't have attributes at all which is like ugh, kind of mind-bending but um and nothing like nothing that stands in for them actually knight's black agents is one of them you just have your investigative abilities, your general abilities, and some other things. There is no direct measurement of how fast, smart, whatever you are. It's all expressed through the things you do, not what you are. Now, if you then had a stat for a, something like a style, how you go about things, like, you know, I wouldn't call Thor traditionally like 
clever in his behavior. Thor is like brawny and and like he comes in there and drops the hammer literally and figuratively. (laughs) Whereas you've got other supers that are more like their whole thing is being kind of clever or maybe even smart mouth or something like that. So I think that for call it like tropish superhero behavior within those archetypes, there are definitely behavioral archetypes in supers. So I actually think your styles thing has legs. We treat any kind of super you know, strength, speed, whatever, that's a power. So yeah. th- that does, those things don't need to be expressed. So then what's that other, because we have to have the two things to add together and we can't do like John Carter and Mars and add two, two styles together. That doesn't make sense. So yeah, exactly. So, um, so then what's the other thing? I, the other thing I would use would be, would be skills because then at least we still get skills. I mean, again, this is kind of, it's not a million miles away. You know, Marvel Heroic is, no. of all the superhero games I play, Marvel Heroic is one of the ones I enjoyed the most. And that's how Marvel Heroic did it. It didn't have attributes. So you had, you had super attributes, but if you did, weren't super, it, you didn't have it, but it did have skills. You had specialities. And if we have skills, that still lets you have focuses. Um, and the cool thing then is, is that it kind of doesn't, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to worry too much about, you know, one of the problems you've always got in a, in a thing is, you know, a Hulk's really good at smashing people. Well, the minute you have brawl or a punchy stat, a punchy skill that is automatically linked to your, uh, to your, you know, your, your strength, Hulk yeah. then becomes stupidly good at punching people. But if you have, you know, Hulk's going to have, he's, he's going to have a quite a high bold. He's going to be forceful. So he's going to have a really high forceful stat but he doesn't have to have a high punching skill because actually Hulk isn't good at punching things. If he hits it, he's good at smashing it, but he's not good at actually, you know, he's not like no, a he's martial not arts like, master. Yeah, he's Bruce exactly. Lee. He's, you know, he's a big wrestler guy. He's just smash. Um, so his skills still work fine. You don't need a lot of skills. I mean, again, Dishonored only has six skills. Personally, I think you need more than six. But for okay. one very, very simple reason, um, I always think you have to separate hand-to-hand and ranged combat, particularly in yeah. things like Marvel, in superheroes, because you have to have the Hawkeyes and the Bullseyes and the right. the Green Arrows that have amazing shooting, but they're not. They're pretty good in hand to hand, but they're not. They're the best archers alive. And likewise, yeah, you need Arctan to have Cthulhu doesn't. You know, other stuff. Arctan Cthulhu just has fighting. Yeah. Um, Star Trek uses security, but a lot of the other ones, like Conan and whatnot, they they do separate. And I think for the different kinds of things, like you know, a, a, a super punch versus a super ray blast or something like that that yeah i think you need to you need yeah. to separate those two and, and the good thing here as well is because we have focuses it means you can have you know hawkeye has got a score of five in ranged combat but then he also has the focus of bows now if he picks up any ranged weapon hawkeye is really good but he's really right. good with a bow um and bullseye might have you know again he might have a rating of five in ranged combat but his focus might be in thrown weapons because that's yeah. mostly his thing. It's mostly like just he can pick up anything and throw it. So he's still really good with a bow and a gun, but he's really good at throwing things. It sounds to me like you're when you think of when you're saying skills, you're kind of drifting between disciplines like Star Trek and a full skill list like Infinity or Conan. Yeah, I think you need somewhere like if we look at what Dishonored have, Dishonored has the most uh, Dishonored and Star Trek both only have six. Obviously, Star Trek is very, it's, they, did the, they did the six disciplines. So I think that works yeah. for Star Trek, and we established it does also work for Ghostbusters. But otherwise, it's a bit. Dishonored has, we have fight, move, study, survive, talk, tinker. 
And at first glance, you think, that's eh, not too bad, but clearly fight needs to be split up. And right. it might be a case of looking at those and go, right, which other ones there need to be something else? What are they again? It's, it's fight, fight, move, study, survive, talk, tinker. <clears throat> um, so Yeah, you'd want to use different names, obviously. But yes. yeah, fighting, I think, has got to be split into up close and close quarters versus range. Yeah. And another thing see um, there missing there, there's no, and I know, you know, it's one of the things you don't always need, and this where it becomes a dump skill, but you'd want some form of piloting or driving because obviously Dishonor doesn't have to worry about that. A character in the real world might need to drive a car or a plane right. or a thing. And again, you can have a focus, which is helicopters or whatever, but you need, that should be a skill. And, that, you know, is, they've kind of got two, they've study they've got is a no. So any kind of knowledge one is study and any kind of messing yeah. thing is tinker. But obviously... You know, we need something to counter for characters that can do hacking and stuff like that. But we need characters that can build things. And we also need characters that have crazy science stuff. So we probably don't need as many as Infinity have, but we need like mm -hmm. this. This is the kind of thing, by the way, that's probably worth us going away and doing off podcast and coming back in a later episode with, right, here's my list and you have your yeah. list. And then we go, let's put these two lists together. Yeah, the broad disciplines, I, I think that supers, there's a, I think there's a greater need for more granular expression of yeah. stuff you know how to do. But I really like your idea, and I, ha and I had not considered it, but I, I really like your idea of the styles. I mean, I was mostly going, um, it, it came from two things. Those. One, it's already provided. Um, but secondly, it was the thought yeah. of, you know, to be able to account for people that are as strong as Hulk and Thor you then also have to have Aunt May at the other end. And actually, you have to have quite a long range of that strength scale because to show like, you know, well, this, you know, Thor, Hulk is stronger than Thor and Thor's stronger than Thing and Thing is stronger than Colossus and Colossus is strong. And so because you yeah. go down that scale, you end up with like a big, and also they need to be substantially better at strong stuff than the people at the bottom. And then the people at the bottom then end up with stats that are so bad that, they're unplayable every you know anytime they need to just hit you know any stat that was under brawn with them because would be useless so it's probably better to just go well, let's take it off and yeah. they all go under superpowers so we got to come up we got to form each of us going to come up with a list of our the styles if we want to just use maybe i'll end up using the ones from dishonored maybe i'll tweak them but that's what we're going to do that the second thing is yeah a list of skills also we should consider how focuses will fit within next yeah. to under whatever and then we have to we have to think of some kind of each of us needs to come up with some kind of um, at least a, a like a framework for powers. Yeah, I've already thought of that though. <laughs> okay, so say what I've, I've, I won't spoil it now, but I've already had some thoughts on that because there is a game that has something which is similar to like how I haven't seen it going. Oh, I like that, and it also links to how two D twenty used to do it. So. And again, falls okay. within So that's what we will do. We, we pick up in part two of this at some point in the not too, too distant future. Um, well, we'll, actually, uh, another thing that's worth that's thinking we'll about that with. goes in between all that is huh. what, how would you put this all together? So like, would you want to just have some way of point buying all of the stuff or would you use archetypes? But with the archetypes, oh, right. so I think kind of archetypes make sense because we've seen archetypes, like in uh, Cthulhu. Actor Cthulhu has archetypes, but the archetypes don't really yeah. give you a lot. But I think the archetypes need to do like way more than they've been doing. Um, and then, you know, so maybe we need to put some thing into what the archetypes would be. 
because I think there needs to be sort of some sort of yeah. trained archetypes and gear archetypes and then power archetypes. And I've got an idea how I do the power archetypes. Yeah, there the are, are that kind of thing. There are definitely definable yes. archetypes for for supers, and I think that it would make life easier to be able to just move yeah. through one of those ideas to to create and then use what you because I think you kind of have play. a thing that says right if you pick this archetype, okay, you get this many points in your styles, and you get this many points in your skills, and this many mm -hmm. focuses, and then here's the gear you get, and here's the powers you do or don't get, depending on how we're sort of dealing with it and then that way you can have a character that's got way more points in their skills because they're batman uh and then you know you can have another cat like superman actually he, you know he's he's okay at a few things but he can has all the superpowers including the the one dependent on which writer is writing you and makes up new ones okay all right that's what we'll do Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much.